You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast, episode number 47. Hello, sunshines, and welcome back to the Gold Biz Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Traxler. Today, we have a very special episode as we are doing a mid-year review and compiling all of our favorite clips from all of our favorite episodes of a yearly roundup thus far, from all the episodes that are our favorites and your favorites. So this one's going to be a really jam-packed, great episode with all of the golden nuggets that this year has offered and has brought to the podcast. Those are five ways to market your business without social media, but I got a bonus for you and this one's my favorite. This is my jam. I love this. Here's your bonus. It's email marketing. And the more social media gets really frustrating, the more I really lean into my email marketing. And this is because I have access to names and emails to people who have raised their hand and are interested in what I have to offer to them and what I have to say. And the cool thing about an email list is that you have more control over the content that they're consuming and exactly at what time. A really good example of how to segment your email list is Maybe you have a segment for mini sessions. So give your audience the chance to opt into your email list to be the first to know about when you're offering mini sessions and all the info about them. And they can also have first dibs on the time slots to make sure they get the best time slots that work for them. If you've ever thought, what the heck do I post on social media? How do I stand out? What makes me different? Today's episode is absolutely for you because we're going to be talking about the importance of building a personal brand using social media. And today's guest expert is Cassidy Lynn, and she is an expert in all things social media marketing. And by the end of this episode, you're going to be able to use social media effectively and with confidence and just have an overall new outlook on it all. You as a person, like those unique aspects of you need to be a part of your brand because if people don't know about those things, when they hire you, They might absolutely hate your personality. It might be the worst day ever because, you know, you don't vibe. So that's something that I realized, you know, a couple years into doing weddings was just the personal aspect of it of, you know, just, I don't know, being personal and showing your personality on social media and your website and not really being afraid to, you know, demonstrate my personal uniqueness within my brand because, you know, as a business, Sometimes it's easy to just kind of compartmentalize business and personal and, you know, all of those different little areas of your life. But obviously you need to have boundaries with work and personal, but incorporating some of your personal likes and interests into your brand, honestly, is only going to help you. So I'm so stoked for this episode today because we're going to be going over five quick ways that you can implement to help you under promise and over deliver in your client experience which in return will help you feel more confident in the price you're charging your clients and eventually help you be able to raise your pricing as well. Making sure that your clients are well-educated on how your services work and how they are able to get the most out of your services and time with you. Just because everyone runs their business so differently, it's important that you create these for yourself and for your clients. And Some ways for you to do this are through having guides and questionnaires that are sent to your clients throughout their experience with you. And yes, it's really important to have these guides and questionnaires and resources, but you also have to think about exactly what is being said in them and what is being asked 
and at what time you are sending them because there is an art to that. You don't want to overwhelm them. And you want to remember to only put the most important information in there at the time that they are needing that information so that you aren't overloading them with all this info. And it's an information overload because that will only hurt their experience with you because they're going to be in overwhelm and they're not going to know what to do next. And they're going to be feeling so overwhelmed that they're going to be taking no action at all. So make sure you are only giving them the most important things and forming them into your ideal clients from there. And I know that's kind of tricky where you're thinking you want to under promise and over deliver. So you think you would want to give them over information that you would want to deliver more, which in fact, that's not always necessarily true. You want to give them the exact information that they need and not overdo it. You want to keep it very precise and to the point so that they're getting the information and they can digest it quickly. Because again, if they're overwhelmed, it's not going to be good experience for them on their end either. Today's episode is a special guest, Emily Kidd, who is an international elopement photographer, educator, and world traveler. Emily is a full-time nomad and photographer documenting adventurous lovers all around the globe. You don't have a home base for the entire year of 2022, correct? Yes. So So what does that look like for you? Oh my gosh. Explain that a little bit more. You do not have a home base for the entire year. Yeah, so it's pretty fresh, obviously, because we're recording this in in January. So I'll just kind of say last year, I had a home base of of North Carolina, but I was doing a lot of international work already. And so I would travel from anywhere from like one week to a month at a time. And so I kind of had already, you know, had that going. And then I just, I had this dream of like building my business towards this goal of like going to my favorite places in my favorite seasons and just building my business around that. So kind of planning the travels that I wanted to do and then taking on work within those timeframes in those locations. And, you know, it's, it's a process, like I'm learning a lot through, (laughs) through this, but, um, it's definitely a different type of travel because now I basically, um, the first week of January, I packed up all my stuff. I got rid of a ton of junk that I wasn't using and I'm carrying everything that I own pretty much. I think I have like one box at my sister's house, but everything that I need for the whole year, including my camera equipment, um, clothes for every type of <laughs> you know climate, I have all of that with me. And so it's basically like two, it's like a small suitcase, um, one of those like Europe backpacks and then my camera backpack and that is it. And so I really cut down and I basically, I'm starting in Central America, moving my way over to Europe. And then hopefully in the fall, I'm going to, I'll be in Asia. And I have a few weddings in the US, like Colorado and North Carolina that I'll come back for, but I'm planning on just like popping back for a few days to a week and then um, continuing my travel. That is insane. So you are really just an actual just digital nomad, like wherever (laughs) the wind takes you. And so that's so cool. And what does your, like, what does your marketing strategy look like from there? Like in terms of how do you market yourself when you're in that situation? Honestly, it's not that much different than what I was doing before, because I had already been really intentional about creating a location independent business, which basically means like I, and I was upfront about the fact that 
I was based in North Carolina because I think there's something psychologically about um, people who are inquiring. They want to know where you're based. There's just like, if not, I think they're hesitant to reach out. So I would say that I was based in North Carolina and Europe, which, you know, is kind of a funny, like half and half thing, but I lived in Spain for a year. And so that's where that came from. Um, And I was planning on like splitting my time back between those two. So now I just say that I'm a digital nomad because I I genuinely do not have a home base. And I just, you know, um, I had that, but with marketing, like how I became location independent was that I would target like my top five locations that I wanted to shoot at. And I'm really big into SEO, which is search engine optimization. And that's how you get found on Google, Pinterest, all of that. And then Instagram is kind of like a supplement. It's like a fun thing for me where it's a little bit portfolio. And I do like that it's very fluid. I can change my location, um, hashtags and reach people pretty quickly but it also has a really short shelf life. So you have to kind of be on top of it and consistent. And it's a little bit harder to reach people because, you know, Instagram can be a little bit unpredictable. Whereas like Google blogging, SEO and all that, it's a beast to learn. But once you learn it, it's like that changed my business. And so I think the other thing is that I noticed with people um, that, you know, photographers who are wanting to get into destination weddings and elopements, they kind of say like, hey, I will shoot anywhere and everywhere. And yes, I feel that way too. But if you're not specific, then you're not going to gain any traction. So I would say like my biggest tip to people that want to do this is choose a few places that you are really drawn to or that you want to go to. And one, travel to them first. Like I traveled so much before I got business in locations and I was, you know, shooting all of that, like creating content in those locations and then marketing it from there. So there's a lot of moving pieces, but I do think that like blogging and being specific in locations that you want will help you to, to get business there. And then after that, then people will start just seeing that you travel and maybe then you'll get like inquiries for random incredible destinations that you didn't specifically market to. In today's episode, we're going to cover the things you will know for sure that it's time to raise your prices and then how to go about that as well. So I'm going to make a bold statement and say that no one can tell you what to charge except for you. Stop looking at others in your area. Stop guessing. Run your numbers and be confident. All right, we are diving right into it, starting with number one of the three signs you know it is time to raise your pricing. Number one, you have a high booking rate. And I've worked with photographers who were really excited to tell me that they had a really good and high booking rate, which is awesome. But the truth is you actually want a lower booking rate. In fact, if it's high, that means you don't have a booking problem. That means you have a pricing problem because what having a lower booking rate means is that you aren't just taking every inquiry that walks in the door. And it also means that you are charging appropriately based on what your demand and booking rate is. And number two, for the signs that it's time to raise your pricing is your take-home pay isn't meeting your means. And let's face it, if you don't know your numbers, you might as well just kiss your business out the window. And I'm serious about that. Don't get me wrong. I get it. You're a creative entrepreneur. You're an artist. You got into photography to be creative, not to crunch and run numbers and run a business per se. For example's sake, let's just say that you charge $2,000 for a wedding. 
spoiler alert, you're not actually making and taking home $2,000. If you're rolling your eyes thinking, well, duh, Rach, I mean, I know this already. Good for you because it took me a while to actually get that in my head and get that in my mindset. I always mentally thought that when I booked a wedding, that was the amount that I was making. And I knew I had to pay other things, but I didn't really have my finances set up in a way I didn't realize how much needs to be allocated into specific things such as taxes, business savings, business checking, et cetera, all those things. And also my mortgage is different than yours. My bills are different than yours. I have a baby. You might not. I have to charge sales tax in my state. You might not have to in the state you live in. So there are so many variables that play into the numbers that you charge. And I highly recommend that you sit down and have a look at what the heck you're doing and make sure that you feel solid in those numbers and have a take-home pay that makes you feel proud and that you feel really good about. And tip number three for three signs you know it's time to raise your pricing is that you know that you have the client experience to back it up. One of the biggest ones, in my opinion, obviously, this circles back to having others tell you when it's time to raise your pricing. They have no clue the value of the service you provide. Only you do. You're the only one that knows that. And on the flip side, though, you also may think you're already giving a good client experience and then be surprised to find out that you're not actually giving a solid and efficient client experience that justifies what you're charging. But I also want to educate you on the fact that you can't just post your photos in Facebook groups and ask for people's opinions on what you should charge. And you also just can't listen to someone else when they tell you you should raise your prices without them knowing the back end of your business. Because only you can know that when it's time to do that based on two things. Number one, like I said, knowing your own numbers. And number two, the value of the experience you provide. No one else can tell you those things but you. And remember, experience falls under literally everything you do in your business. So if you're thinking that client experience is just sending a welcome guide and a gift and that's a good client experience, you might be that person who needs this the most. And if you're listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, Rach, maybe that's me. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram and we can hash it all out. So if you've ever felt like you're stuck in the budget type of clientele and don't know how to break out of that, there is no shame in that. We all grow as humans and what once drove our inspiration can pivot directions at any time. And today's episode is all about how to tap into that next level of clientele confidently. Or if you've ever felt burned out from photographing too many weddings and you want more of your weekends back, again, no shame, then this episode is for you. When I first started out in my business, I was photographing 30 to 35 weddings a year. And yeah, I could have booked a lot more, but I really capped myself at that because I could not handle any more and always valued my weekends. But when I was photographing those 30 to 35 weddings, I was only charging in the 1500 to 2300 price range at the time. And while yes, I was doing awesome with my booking rate and was well in demand, I was working myself to the freaking ground, which led to extreme burnout, lack of motivation, and everything else that comes along with burnout. And on top of that, I was working with clients that 
Don't get me wrong, were amazing people, loved them, but it wasn't necessarily exactly what I was wanting to be photographing to help drive inspiration in my business. And I was able to go then from charging $1,500 a wedding, which I thought was so expensive at the time, to now offering five-figure packages. And not only has doing this worked for me, but it's also worked for a lot of my students as well too. So grab a pen and paper because with these next four steps, I know you will be prepared to book your next premium client. So starting with step number one is elevating your brand. If you're looking to shift your clientele, it's time to do a deep look into your branding. And your brand is your client's first impression of you. So you wanna make sure that it represents you and what you're offering. Whatever you are, you wanna make sure it's consistent across all platforms and that people can recognize your brand no matter what they come across on social media or online of you, they know that it is your work. And also make sure your clients know where to find you and that your client experience is updated with your growth. Your high level clients are going to want high level services, which is one of the main pillars that I teach in my program in my coaching program, Passion of Profit. And that is exactly why my students are seeing such awesome changes in their business. And also confidence. Confidence is key and is what your high-end clients are looking for. They want to know that they're in good hands and that you are the expert at what you do. Even if you have things you want to learn or you don't quite feel like an expert yet, being confident in your abilities and being open to new things helps people get really excited to work with you too. And also don't get discouraged because a lot of people actually really like to be a part of your growth process. So don't be ashamed if you are newer and are growing in that sense. A lot of people really want to do that with you and they want to go through and be part of that process with you. So don't be ashamed of that. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of all of these compiled clips together of all of our favorite and your favorite episodes from the year this far. If you loved this episode, make sure to screenshot and share it and share it to your stories and tag me at Rachel Traxler so that I can see which ones are your favorite. Thank you so much for listening today. Keep shining and we'll see you next time.